Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so glad you're back with me today and hopefully you have already been joining us for the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. It is going on this week. It is live, it is interactive. You get to interact with our speakers, ask questions, make comments and just have fun with us. So it is not too late for you to sign up. You can even sign up if you're listening to this podcast after the event has taken place, you can still sign up and enjoy um, the encouragement that is coming from that conference. It is an online conference. Homegrowngeneration.com is where you can sign up. Use the coupon code podcast and get 25% off of the regular price. That's only $35 to begin with. We are back with this session that we did from the 2020 conference with Abby Ranella. It's called Why Homeschooling Matters, Getting to the Heart of Homeschooling. And as I told you in Monday's episode, this was probably our most listened to and most watched uh, session from the 2020 conference. Super impactful. And I know many people need to know what their why is. A lot of you don't know really what your why is for homeschooling. And so listen to this session. Um, I know it's going to be a great encouragement to you. But before we get back into it, I want to say thank you again to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. If you want help managing your homeschool on a day-to-day basis, BJU Press has a new homeschool hub that can dramatically simplify things for you. You'll be able to see your child's workload, document grades, modify schedules, and more. The BJU Press Homeschool Hub is the resource you need for painless planning and happy homeschooling. Visit BJUPressHomeschool.com to see how the hub can change your homeschooling. And thank you again to BJU Press Homeschool for sponsoring this podcast as well as the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. So again, go to HomegrownGeneration.com. Join us this week. If you're listening on Wednesday, when this podcast is airing, you can still join us. It is not too late. We still have a full day of... Uh, live sessions. And then tomorrow, Thursday will be our last day, but you can go back. You will have lifetime access to all of the sessions. So if you missed any of them, it's not a problem. You're just going to miss that live interaction, but you can go back and listen and watch any of the sessions that we've done. So homegrowngeneration.com. And there's swag too, you guys. There's a free swag bag that comes with your registration with all kinds of really cool downloads and stuff. So join us there, homegrowngeneration.com. Now enjoy this session from Abby Ranella on why homeschooling matters from the 2020 Homegrown Generation Family Expo. Abby, can I can I uh, throw another verse in there? And and you might have this. Maybe you're going to get to this later, but I'm going to just throw it in anyway. Um, okay. And we've talked about this this week. Luke 6:40 says, "A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone mm-hmm. when he is fully trained will be like his teacher." So who, yes. who's teaching our kids? Yep. And and let me just say. I grew up in a, in a Christian school. I loved the school that I went to. I was really truly discipled by some of my teachers, not all of them, but some of them. And, and even in public school, there are good Christian teachers there. But who is discipling your kids? Who is raising right. them up? And, and Christian school, public school, whatever, do you know who's pouring into the hearts of your kids? And we've, we've put this number out there this week, and I'm going to put it out there again for those who have mm-hmm. missed it. When your kids are in school, from kindergarten through 12th grade, they are in the care and under the authority of someone else for over 16,000 hours. Are you kidding? You guys, let that sit. Over 16,000 hours that wow. they are under the teaching and authority of someone else. That is wow. a really long time. That's a lot of time to give up with your kids when God has called us as their parents to be the ones to train and disciple them. And so 
16,000 hours. And think of the foundation you can build in a child. It's 16,000 hours. And don't think that there's not a foundation being built in those children that you cannot, sure. you cannot tear that foundation down in your, in your little one hour, you know, e- evening Bible study and your two hours at church on Sunday. It's not going to happen. Right. Right. And uh, I mean, yeah. And even looking at that schedule, you know, they go to school all day, they come home with homework then you have dinner time, then they have shower time or bath time, and you might get a little bit of reading and cuddle time with them. And then they go to bed and they do it all over again the next day. Right. And 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 just, I, I want to say too, in the setting the foundation, for some reason, we think that, well, we'll, we'll set that foundation for them. And you talked about this, Abby, in the elementary school years, but then once they get into middle school and high school, somehow mm-hmm. they're all of a sudden ready. Right. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The Bible says that a child, an 18 year old is still a child. A 17, 16, 15 year old, they are still children and God has still put them under our authority. And so we are still The whole point of their childhood is to set a solid foundation for them and to prepare them for a life of serving Christ and impacting his kingdom in some way. And so it's not that, well, just their childhood is only up until the age, you know, of 13 or or 12. And then good luck, you know, I I mean- And those are the most, those are the most foundational. I mean, if you have had a 12 or 13 year old, let me tell you, because I, yeah. I, I'm just coming into that. I'm like, wow, there's a whole different ball game. And I don't want someone else, you know, feeding because they are, I would say that a 13 year old girl is far more vulnerable. I mean, I, it is so vulnerable. And you know, what's amazing is science, science shows us that when you study the brain, you know, that frontal lobe that that's not even fully developed until much later, these are still children. So so this 13 year old, and I think about that when, when I want to talk about protection a little bit, because, because that goes to that event is when, when I was pregnant, it was unbelievable. The books that were thrown at me on how to protect that baby in my womb. Like you can't eat raw fish, right? And I, oops, um, you have to take your folic acid every day. You know, you need to make sure that you're not, you know, skiing because that would be, that would endanger that baby that's living inside of you. And we do all of this to protect that infant. And then when we have the baby, when we, we, they hand us that baby from the hospital, um, you know, we had to have car seat checks. I don't know if anybody else did. Like we'd leave the hospital and have to check our car seat because they want to make sure that your baby is protected. Um, they have these huge mass things all over our town, making sure we're getting bike helmets on our kids. Like they're giving out free bike helmets. They're they're making it a big thing because they want to protect our kids. We want to protect our kids. You know, I want to protect my kids. I want to make sure that my knives are put up in a way when they're little. I want to make sure I'm teaching them stranger danger. And and I put I put the little sign out, the little kid holding the slow down, children live here sign, right? Because we're protecting our kids. And that's a no-brainer. I mean, it's almost like if you don't do those things, are you even a parent? But then, but then all of a sudden, they turn five. And it's not even five. This is the new thing I read. Um around here is when they're potty trained, once they can go to the potty by themselves, you know, then you can put them in because we have, you know, now public preschool program. And so I'm like, that's the standard when my child can go to the bathroom by themselves no longer do I have to protect them. Now I get to hand them off to someone else. And I want to, I want to challenge parents to say, you know, I'm not telling you don't be careful, but broken legs heal. Broken legs will heal if your child falls and breaks a leg. That, but there is a bigger enemy. There is a bigger enemy than just those dangers of making sure they're in their car seat and they have their helmets on. There is an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy your child. Let, let me say that again. There is an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy 
your enemy. And this isn't a scare tactic. This is truth. Um, So why is it that we are so concerned about physical protection for our children? Why is it that we we go around and childproof our house? Why is it that we do all of these things? And yet when it comes to their spiritual protection, we are so lazy. Why is it that we allow, that we would be okay with lies being fed into our children? Moms, God made you a mama bear and he made you a mama bear on purpose and don't lose that. Do not lose that just because now all of a sudden they're potty trained and somebody else is telling you it's time to let them go. Absolutely not. Um, I want to quote, this is fun. I want to um, tell a little story that actually Garrett Hampton said, I think Yvette shared this with me, but he said, and I'm going to read it. If someone were to break into your house and you were in danger, um, you would not as a parent go curl up in the closet and hide your kids and say, you know, good luck. We're going to we're going to pray for you over here while the enemy's after you. Um, and then when the then when the enemy leaves, then when the intruder leaves, I'm going to tell you what you should have done right, right? We would never do that. We would never do that as moms. We are on the front lines to protect our children. We should be on the front lines keeping them out of danger. Um, our children are not old enough or strong enough or knowledgeable enough to defend themselves. So take that same inborn fierceness to want to protect your child from all the physical dangers in the world and take that to the next level and say, those dangers are not nearly what the dangers, the spiritual dangers are for my child out there. And we need to carry that same fierceness until our child leaves our home and beyond. It doesn't end at five. It doesn't end at 13. It doesn't end as long as we're living on this earth. We are called to. And And so many people feel like, oh, well, you're overprotecting your kid. Well, I want to tell you something. I don't know where that term came from because I would so rather my kids leave my home and say, mom overprotected me because she, you know, she kept me from the enemy's grasp um, than my kids leaving my home and, and having all this baggage and struggling with what is truth and having this double foundation and living in this progressive world trying to, I would rather them say that because you know what? It's our job to protect. It's in us. It is, it is hardwired into parents to protect their children. Um, Proverbs 31, 8 says, speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. These are kids. Have you ever had a conversation with a teenager? You look at them like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're not, like foolishness is bound up, right? They, they can't. We are to stand there on their side to defend them because we love them, because we know the enemy. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, 13 says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And this is the thing is, do you even know what company your kids are keeping out there? Do you even know? There is no possible way that you can send your kid into a school of hundreds and know what company they're keeping. It's not possible. Um, and and I hear this a lot. Well, they have a good teacher this year. This this year, you know, my kids, my, t- my kid's teacher goes to church. Well, that's great for this year. But I want to tell you something. I was a teacher that loved Jesus, but I couldn't keep the lies out of those kids' heads. I have to teach a curriculum void of God. So it's not just not teaching them lies. It's that you are you are sending them into a place where they're not getting the truth. And that's terrifying because you think the enemy's not going to prowl on that. Um, this one is a big one. It's both and and it's both in Matthew and Luke. So that's that's telling you it's in two places. Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. So if someone is not with God, if you are sending your children into a secular school that does not preach the truth to your child, 
then they are against God. There is no neutral. Education is not neutral. Schools are not neutral. If they are not for God, then they are against God. And that's hard for some people to hear because they want to say, well, they're just doing reading and writing and arithmetic. And I say, you haven't been there lately because that's not what they're doing. And even if they are just doing reading, writing, and arithmetic, if it's not through a biblical worldview, if it is not for him, it's against him. Um, So our kids are too young. They're too immature and they're not rooted enough to stand up in those schools. They're just not. And I want to share with you a little bit about the parent that says, but my kid is. My kid is salt and light. My kid is strong-willed. My kid is solid. And I was that kid. Um, I was the kid who knew God's word. I, I had a passion for Jesus and a discernment for the lies in the public school. And I went there every day. And I want to tell you, because I was young, because I was immature, I stood all day long and I came home and I literally cried out to God to take me to heaven every night. And so if you have a kid that you're like, oh, but my kid's strong. Well, this is teaching them to stand up for their beliefs. That might be, and God's going to use that strength in them, but not when they're a kid because they are not mature enough. I, I Take it from me and I'd love to talk to you more. Every night I'd get home from school and I felt like I was beat down because I was too little and there was no escape. And we're going to talk about that pretty soon about there's no escape for these kids when you send them. So it's not... We'll we'll get there, but I want to tell you that even if you have a strong kid, even if you have a kid that is outgoing and they're little evangelists, I was one and I almost didn't make it. It is by the grace of God that I made it. And I carried so much baggage with me into my life, trying to handle the fact that every day was a fight for my faith as a small child. It's not how God designed it. It's not what God, that's not what God tells us that we should be doing with our kids. Um, so Matthew 18, 6 says, Um, If anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, better to have a millstone hung around his neck and drowned. Parents, if you're sending your kid into a place every day where at very best they have to be silent, where at very best the school is silent about him, where at very best um, there is no talk of God, but more likely the reality is, is they're not silent. They're teaching your kids abortion. They're teaching your kids that life has no value. They're teaching your kids they can be anything they want to be. And if that means a girl or a boy or who knows what, that's what they're teaching your kids. And if you are not sure if that's happening in your schools, let me assure you it is. Um, Some schools are just louder right now, but it's everywhere. Um, And if you think that that's not causing your child to stumble, you are very mistaken because that is causing your child to stumble. And I want to read this verse again. If anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, better to have a millstone hung around his neck and drowned. And I'm not talking about the teachers causing your kids to stumble because it's your responsibility. Um, If you're putting them there, that's on you. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. 
Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. This feels like a harsh session. Um, I'm sorry. Nope. This feels like a harsh session. Abby, you know bring what? it. It's the word of God. <laughs> you know um, we but, don't shy away from this stuff. This no, is why and, God's called us to do what we do. And, and the thing is, is I, I am I'm saying this, parents, because um, because I love your kids. Because your kids are our future. Because They're your kids it. are worth it. And um, because I love you, men and women. And I don't want I don't want you to get to the end of the road and saying, "Whoops!" Like whoops, didn't see that verse. Um, I, I didn't see that verse. And uh, now look where we're at. Um, so I want to talk about that whole, I want to talk about how God ta- tells us to flee. Um, and and hang with me here. Um, God's word is powerful. So everybody's saying, where are the verses? Where are the verses? So get ready, get your pen. They're going now. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to put them in here as quickly as you're saying. Okay. <laughs> and people Timothy. are also saying, keep going, Abby. You're on fire, <laughs> sister. Keep it. Um, so 2 Timothy 2.22 says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful, but will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it, a way out, flee. Um, first Timothy six eleven says, but you man of God flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And Matthew six thirteen says, lead us not into temptation. And I want to talk to you about what does this have to do with homeschool? Well, um, as an adult, I can flee immoral things. I can shut my TV off when something comes on that is, is wrong. Um, you know, everybody's all up in arms about the Super Bowl. And I said, shut it off. Like you have the power. Hey, newsflash, your thumb controls the remote. Like, I, shut it off. I, I don't know why this is a big conversation about the Super Bowl. Turn off the TV for crying out loud. Um, don't support that. You can turn it off. You have that power. God says he will give you a way out. So get out. Um, I can choose. You know, if my husband goes to work and he is surrounded by ungodly men he can he can move away from those conversations. I can't tell you how many times a day people are talking about things they shouldn't. He can walk away from that conversation. Um, we can put the books down. If I pick up a book, um, oh my goodness, I have to tell you, this was not in my notes, but I have to tell you this hilarious thing. Um, our 93-year-old grandmother, she reads because it's pretty much all she can do at this point. She just reads and reads and reads. And um, she is 93, so she's not 100% with the program, but she heard about this top-selling book called Shades of Grey. Um, I think that's what it's called, right? I don't know. I, I don't know anything something about the book, like that, but I yeah. know it's not something we should read. So she orders it from the library and the people deliver because she's 93. So they bring her the things of her food and her. And I tell you what, I just was like, she read one page and she put the book down. Why did she put the book down? Because she can. But anyway, we were dying when we heard that grandma <laughs> got that book. Anyway, but here's the thing. God has given that woman discernment. God has, she has a Holy Spirit in her and he has given her the freedom to put the book down, send it back to the library, better yet, burn it. Um, We can flee as adults, but here's the thing, moms and dads, when you put your kids in a school, 
from eight to three or whatever time your school are, those doors lock behind them and they can't flee. There is no way out. And I just read you all those verses that God commands us to flee from those kind of sins. God commands us to find a way out of temptation. And he tells us that he will give us one. But when you lock your kids in a school, where they can't shut the book. They can't because guess what? Tomorrow there's a test on it and I can guarantee you're expecting them to take that test. Um, They can't turn off the movie. They can't because they're trapped. They're locked in. You are literally locking your kids into this place with no way out. And if you're telling me that that's not causing them to stumble, you're wrong. Because Matthew 18, 6 tells us, do not cause them to stumble. Do not ever put your child in a place that they can't flee from sin. Don't do it. It's not a part of our reality. And everybody says, go to school. They need to prepare for adulthood. I am sorry. That is a lie. That's not adulthood. There has never been a place in my life that I can't walk away from sin. You know, God promises he will give us a way out. So um, you're forcing your children to be surrounded by sin every single day. And then you're crying out, why are they having such a hard time? Why is this so hard? Well, it's because you're doing things contrary to God's word, and and that's what's to be expected. Um, we live in a town full of snow. We have a ton of snow, and a couple years ago, there was a huge snow, more so than usual. I mean, I'm talking four or five feet. And um, usually in the winter, we don't. We have a lot of wildlife where we live, but in the winter, we don't see a lot of that wildlife because they have learned to leave. Um, the deer migrate out of where we live. Um, So every winter the snow comes, the deer migrate out, then the snow, you know, the snow melts and the deer migrate back in. Well, one year on this huge snow, it was, it was bigger than most because um, we had a lot of snow back in the day and then we hadn't gotten a lot and then we got a lot and all these deer were trapped. Like we would walk out our front door and there's deer all over in our front yard and we're like, ah, there's no food here, guys. Like you kind of missed the boat. You should have, you should have headed out before the snow came. And I, um, I said to my husband, I'm like, why, why this year are all of these deer? And he said, well, you know, um, fish and game is looking into that and wildlife management. And they, they believe because we had so many dry years that the generations above them, the deer did not teach their young. They didn't migrate. They didn't need to migrate out of here. They could still stay up in the hills because we didn't have that much snow. Um, so these generations were not passing down to the younger generations. Hey, we need to get out of here or we're going to be trapped. We're going to be trapped in this valley. We're going to be led to slaughter because there's going to be no food and we're all going to die here. Um, and I don't think the deer have conversations like that. I think it's more, <laughs> I think it's more subliminal. You know, they just teach them that. Um, but the deer, the the younger generations of deer were not being led away. They weren't being taught by the older generations. And so they were being led to their slaughter. And I couldn't help but think of that with my children is if we parents are not teaching our children every day um, how to flee, how to how to to be in God's word, how to be in God's will, where God wants us, how God, if we're not teaching them, then indefinitely, and then and then inevitably you are leading your children to slaughter. You are leading your children to slaughter if you are not teaching them God's way. Um, we have to be passing this down. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. We are to teach and train them over and over. They're, these are action words that God gives us. Teach them, train them, show them. It doesn't just happen. Um, so why, why homeschool moms and dads? Um, it's not because they're going to get a better education. They will, they will. It's not because you're going to build these great sibling relationships, which you will, um, that, that will naturally happen because anytime we do things God's way, anytime we are in God's will, 
um, benefits happen. We seek first the kingdom of God and all those other things are gonna be handed to you. All those other things that we've been talking about all week, those will naturally happen, but you've gotta seek first the kingdom of God. Your why for homeschooling your children must be out of obedience to God. Um, He created them, he created you, and he gave you a handbook to do it. And if you don't follow the handbook, you're gonna have a mess. So when we build our life and our and make our why his word, then when the really, really hard times come, because mamas, I'm telling you, they will. I'm not telling you that, hey, you know, obey God's word. And then, you know, every day it's gonna be joy and laughter and rainbows. It's gonna be incredible. It's not, it's hard. It is hard and there's blood, sweat, and tears. But I am telling you, that's kind of the walk of walking with Christ. It's not supposed to be, you know, where does he tell me? I've looked, you guys, I have looked Genesis to Revelation for where it says it's gonna be easy. It doesn't, it's not in there. It's going to be hard, but I will promise you at the end of the day, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. And on the days where you're not seeing it, where you're like, all that stuff Abby talked about, I'm not seeing it. My kids are not walking with God right now. Everything's falling apart. Don't grow weary in doing good because when the time comes, the harvest will, like, it, it, it will come. Stick it out. Don't give up. Um, it'll help you get through the daily temper tantrums. It'll help you get through the daily grind. It'll help you get through the one more meal when you know that this is unto God. You are doing this unto God. You're not doing it for your kids. You're not doing it for your husband. You're not doing it because you like it or don't like it. You're doing it because the King of Kings, the creator of the universe, the Lord of Lords, the one that died for you is calling you to do this. And he's going to give you everything you need to do it. And he might not give you everything you need right this second, but he will give you this second what you need this second. Um, I want to read last verse, the one last verse. It's Luke 6. Yeah, it says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them. So so guys, your life should be changed right now because you just heard God's words. You heard God's words, right? This last hour, this last 50 minutes, you have heard God's word. So everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, so that's the key. Now we have to do this thing. I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood rose, you get that when, not if, but when a flood rose, the stream broke against that house and it could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who builds a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of the house was great. So moms and dads, let's make sure that we're building our why on a foundation, which is God's word, so that when when the, the flood comes and hits us, that we will stand, that our children will stand, that they will be protected. And then we can enjoy all the other blessings that come with it. Yes. Oh, amen. I hope you enjoyed listening to that session from Abby Ranella from the 2020 Homegrown Generation Family Expo on why homeschooling matters. She's just bringing biblical truth to us and telling us what the word of God says and why it's so important to keep our kids at home and keep them out of the public school system. Um, It's so convicting to me. It's something that I still constantly need to be reminded of and just know what my why is. Why are we doing this homeschooling thing? Or why should you if you haven't even started? So I hope it was a great encouragement to you. Whether you're listening to this podcast or watching it, please like, share, and subscribe to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast or the Schoolhouse Rocked YouTube channel and uh, share it with your friends. Let them know that they needed this encouragement and how they can get it. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye.
What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.